Hey, this is Jeff Pilson, and you are listening to Focus on Metal. Enjoy. Hey, metalheads. Welcome to Metal Month here on Focus on Metal. Got a special treat for you, something we've been working on since, what, since May, right? May. <laughs> and yeah. um, put a lot of work into this, talked to a lot of people, and uh, I think it's probably the most comprehensive thing we've done on the show. And I hope everybody, you know, enjoys it as much as we did putting this all together. And as you kind of may have gotten a clue from the kind of slightly modified intro music this week, we're delving into every aspect of the Strange Highways album from Dio. So it's uh, one of those albums that is kind of, I guess, kind of use that word again tonight, polarizing for a lot of people. And But I think that, you know, as we've kind of come around and we talked to a lot of these people, it's kind of had a little bit of a revisionist second look. And a lot of people that originally were very much like, and complaining about it, have come back around and realized what a good album that it is. Yeah. But a, a lot of this really came from you. You had a great idea and we went with it. Well, how, how this started uh, was you picked uh, a classic album when yep. we, did, we did the show and you picked Ride the Lightning. So I felt obligated to pick an album, and uh, you never there was never no parameters set though. <laughs> no, there weren't. Right, so I was you know so there was no you got to pick an album that is regarded as a classic album by the majority. Correct. Right. Yeah. So I decided to uh, pick one of mine that mm-hmm. I thought was classic, and um, I thought about it for a while, and then I said, right, I'm not going to go with the obvious. Um, I'm going to go with an album that I love, uh, and, and I've loved it since it came out, and it definitely polarizes people. So I decided to pick Strange Highways, and instead of the two of us coming down to talk about it, I figured that I'd try and contact some of the people that were involved with the album. Yeah, yeah. And I figured, okay, if, let's try, we get, might get one, if we're lucky, two, right? And uh, so I started with uh, Tracy G and I contacted Tracy and he was very willing to come on and talk about it, uh, which was fantastic. And we had, you know, we talked about Strange Highways and what you'll get in the interview, especially with Tracy, is like is he loved that time in the band. Yeah. And being with Ronnie and Jeff and Vinny and this, you can feel his enthusiasm when he, about that album when he talks about it. Yeah, uh, he loves that album. All he he's, he loved it then, loves it now. Um, you know, so that interview with Tracy was very good. Um, and then I decided to contact Jeff Pilson, who played mm. bass. <laughs> and um, Jeff was emailed me back, and all he all the email said was, uh, "I'd love to do it. You tell me how to proceed." And I'm like, "I'm telling him." <laughs> What how to proceed about this, and um, it, it's funny, but I was I was trying to arrange our schedule with Jeff phone call wise because he's a busy guy. He he done T and N. He was out on tour with Foreigner, and they tour a lot, especially during the summer. Yeah, and I just happened to mention that w- would it suit him uh, when he was playing in the area that we record the show in. 
uh, for, you know, time wise and stuff like that uh, to do the phone call. And he offered to bring us to the show and meet him backstage and interview him, uh, which was fantastic. Like I was, I was blown away. Um, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. Like you, Tracy and Jeff wanting to talk about an album yeah. that's twenty years old. Right. Uh, they're not promoting it. Um, you know, it was, and we had a great time with Jeff. It was a great show. We had tw- we were only we were only originally supposed to get like ten minutes with him. We, we've got twenty five minutes with him. Um, great guy, really, really nice guy. Um, so next, where did I go next? Mike Fraser, yep, the producer. I emailed Mike, and he can He again couldn't wait to come on. Yeah, and I mean, talk about it. It's kind of funny, but the overriding thing we got from all these people was. You're kidding us. Yeah. You're you're doing this album like and everybody was just so thrilled to actually like be able to talk about it. Yeah. That was that seemed to be the biggest thing out of everybody that we got was they were just so happy to to talk about it. Mhm. I think they had, they had great respect for for Ronnie. And um I think maybe they realized that uh they hadn't been asked to talk about this album a lot. Um you know, or, or they did. They, they were having to talk about it in, in, a, in a, a less negative, than positive yeah, light. Yeah, exactly. So we got the schedules, and Mike agreed, and we spoke to him for nearly an hour. Mm. And the great thing about Mike was, yeah, we talked strange highways, but we talked about a lot of stuff he'd done other than that. We yep. t- we touched on a lot, and it was it was great conversation. Really nice guy, you know. So that was so. I had the bass player, I had Tracy, I had the producer. And then I decided to see, where did I go next? Yeah, I decided to see who toured with the band on the Strange Highways, uh, the European Leg of the Strange Highways right. tour. yeah. And it was Freak of Nature, which was Mike Tramp's band after uh, White Lion. And the, I contacted Jerry Best, who was the bass player for the band, because I'd, I'd, I'd heard Jerry on one of Bob's um, hard radio. Yeah. And, he, you know, he talked about, you know, he played with Dio on the, just before Angry Machines. And, you know, he was he, he was good interview. And I hit him up through his website. Mm. And straight away, Jerry said, I'd love to come on. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, what, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This, I, I, they talk about the look of the Irish, but this is something else. So we spoke to Jerry again for probably an hour. Um, you know, we spoke to him about a lot about strain. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the European leg of the tour, yep. a little bit about the Angry Machines when he played with Ronnie around that time. Uh, we touched on you know Lion, the band he was in with Doug Aldrich a little bit. Uh, just really nice guy with a great conversation with him. So then I went to the uh, the US leg. Mm-hmm. And I saw that there was this band called Atomic Opera. Now I never really heard them, to yeah. be honest. Um, I hit I, I hit them up on the website, and we got was it Jonathan Marshall and Frank Hart. Mm. Actually, Frank said, asked me, did I want to speak to another yeah. guy in the yeah. band? I mean, you know, he actually took he the actually, extra thing of going. Yeah, oh, I'll get you some other. You know, I'll get yeah, you somebody I'll get, else too. And he, got, he got Jonathan Marshall yeah. on. He says because Jonathan has a better memory of a lot of these things. Yeah, then. Than um than I would, and the two of them great great interview with them for about an hour. They had some really good stories. Yes, they absolutely did. Yeah. Um. So 
uh, that that was that was a great interview. Plus the fact that I, um, I think their album for Mad Men only is brilliant, and because I'm a huge King's X fan, mm-hmm. and I'd never heard of the band, and I just picked it up recently, and brilliant, love it. Um, so then I found out then that Scott Warren had played keyboards on the album and uh, Jeff Pilson told us that when we interviewed him so I said right I'll try and get Scott yeah so how I tried to get Scott was uh, I contacted Rudy Rudy Sarazon yeah and Rudy gave me Niji contact yeah. information so I, I was thinking okay I, I, this is the Dio's management right. company and I'm thinking ah screw it I'll, I'll try and um, next thing I know, I get an email from Scott Warren. When do you want me to come on? Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? So we spoke to Scott. And of course, Scott, that was the first album he played played with Ronnie, with Dio. And he played on everything since. Yeah. So uh, like that was, uh, that, that was a really surprising get. Yeah, I think of all. It's hard to say which 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 of the gets was the most surprising because to me they were all. They're all. I was all. I was amazed any of them came on. But um, to get Scott on because Scott had some really really good stories. Um, you know, we spoke about the Dio disciples, and you know he had he played with Ronnie for so long, and the one the one overriding thing I got all in all the conversations was how great a guy Ronnie was as as a person. Yeah. You know, they had they had really, really nice things to say about him. And this is like across the board. This is like everybody. And the great thing, I think, about the six interviews that we did uh, was not all the stories are the same. So you get stories from, you know, the support bands talk about their what happened to them on the tour and they're right. meeting, you know, meet interactions with the band. You know, not all the stories are the same, which which I think is great. Um, as regards the album, I... <laughs> Um, I have Martin Popoff's book, and he's got a chapter in it on strange highways. Um, but personally, I think this is the most comprehensive thing that's ever been done on this album. Like, I I still can't believe everybody has come on and talked about it because, like, we have nearly six hours of audio, yeah, all about one album and one tour, yeah. And um, and really, I mean, if it wasn't for some tour interferences, I mean, Mike was going to come on. Yeah. And talk, but he mm-hmm. was he had other things he was going, so we really couldn't weren't able to work that out. But I mean, it was again, it was like we were going to have Mike Trump come on and talk about mm-hmm. about stuff too. Yeah, um, and then we've just had a number of scheduling conflicts with Vinny. With Vinny, and um, so that just really, I mean, guys doing eight, 80 million things. Yeah, he's doing Kill Devil Hill, Last yeah. in Line. He did some Dio Disciple shows. Like it's not that he Vinny hasn't agreed to come on. He has. It's just getting her schedule set up. Yeah, we've had like little windows of time. Yeah, so it's so yeah. We've it's been amazing. Everybody, you know, I, I joke that even the people we talk to about it, that Richie's gone and gotten just about everybody, but like the caterer for the tour, because and, and in fact, you still even got you've got some. Uh, you were able to get a hold of uh, Will Reese, right? Yeah. Just by email. Mm-hmm. Just, I emailed Will. And he got back to me. See, Will is in the middle of doing a book. And I think he's nearly finished now. And the problem I think Will had coming on was um, he only met Ronnie briefly. Uh Um, But really, I would have liked to talk to him about 
his role in it. I don't really want to... You see, this is the thing about, about the Strange Highways thing. I don't want it all to be about Ronnie because mm-hmm. it really isn't. I want to talk about the album. About the album, yeah. And the uh, the album involves everybody that was in, in, involved, you know, made, that made it, that toured on it. Yeah. Like, sure, there's Ronnie stories. Don't get me wrong, there's lots of Ronnie stories because, yeah. you know, it's his band. But... um I want to know what the what the other people went through making the album. Yeah, you know, so you'd ask Tracy like, "What did you do, and what? How did you feel about this?" And you, you know, it's not all about Ronnie. Holy diver, with a last in line, we'll the So I contacted Will and, you know, he sent me back, um, you know, I wanted to talk to him about the cover. So, you know, he sent, I I asked him four questions and basically these are the questions I asked him and the answers he gave me. So I wanted to know about the main image on the album cover. Was that originally his idea? Mm -hmm. Right. So he sent back, he says, he says, yes, but Ronnie had a few suggestions for the direction of the cover. But after the initial meeting, he let me have free reign. I'd done a few video and album covers for him at this point, and I think he trusted me. He was always open to suggestions and would only step in if he felt I was going in the wrong direction. So that was the first question. And then I wanted to know how many paintings or sketches of the cover do you remember doing, and how long a period did you have to do it? And he says, well, it was a while ago, as I've mentioned, but I think to the best of my recollection, I did three concept sketches for the album. The first concept was a bit more direct. There was a classic American car driving through the desert with a demonic figure at the wheel. The next was the same concept as the finished album cover, but with more traditional demons tearing at the figure's head. And the third was approved for the cover. After the initial concept sketches, I had about three, maybe four days to paint it. And he said he literally drove it over to the record company in LA where the paint was still drying. Wow. (laughs) So there's a deadline for you. And then I wanted to know how big was the finished product. Yeah, and he said it's twelve by twelve. It's the same size as the album cover. Oh, okay. Because sometimes they're, they're yeah, huge they're big. Things. Yeah, I think yeah. some of the ones like that's, that Storm did. <clears throat> yeah, I'd love to get a Storm Thurgood's an original. Yeah. So then I asked him, does he still have it? And if not, do you know who does? And he said, as far as I know, it's stored in the safety deposit box in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I I had to ask him then, were were you a Dio fan or a fan of metal or hard rock in general? And he says, yes, as a matter of fact, I was always a big fan of Dio and metal and hard rock, which is why I was so honored to work for Ronnie. He was a smart charismatic guy who did nothing but put me at ease whenever we talked in person or over the phone. And I, for one, will always treasure the time I spent with him. So that's what, they were the questions I asked Will. So yeah. that's the cover. Yeah. So he was kind enough to get back to me on that, you know, and he's, he's a busy guy, so he's in the middle of doing a book. So very much appreciated. Yeah, no, I think it was. I mean, it was good that you you were able to do that, and and I mean, who knows? From the time we're we're recording this part, you still never know. We, we might end up with you know another twenty minutes or thirty minutes with 
somebody else. You oh, know, yeah. could end up with Vinny or somebody. Yeah, we could. Vinny or even Will might come back next week and say, I'm finished the book. Do you want right. him to come on? But he did mention, Will did mention as well, the ciphers on the album cover. Yep. And he said that he didn't want to go into the meaning behind them. Now, that makes me think that he gets asked about them a lot. Mm. Um, and I didn't really want to ask him about them. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 he just didn't want to go there. He basically, he basically said to me, you know, some things should be just left sure. to, the, to the, 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 you know, the mystery of it or something. It's the magic of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's where he went with that. But, um, as far as the album goes, I, I love the album. It's really heavy. I think, I think if you're a fan of the Dehumanizer album, uh, you'd love this because, in Dehum- like the Dehumanizer album is the heaviest, like for pure volume. I think it's really, really heavy. Yeah. Sabbath album, and I think the Strange Highways is a little bit more groove orientated than than Dehumanizer, but it's really it is a really heavy album. Yeah, one of the things that's kind of odd about it is that it's almost damn impossible to get now. It's out of print. You know, it's so, I mean, you pay a pretty penny to get yourself mm. a copy yeah, of it. Yeah, it's out of print. Know? I couldn't believe it. And granted, everybody knows I'm a huge Dio fan. And all those classic Dio sound albums are pretty much readily available. But this is a very modern sounding Dio album. And it's just, it does amaze me that it is out of print. Mm. You know, I would think that this would be one of those ones that, would draw in a lot, a lot of people into his legacy from a different angle. To to say, okay, you know, I see the guy who was the facet from Rainbow, and I I see the guy who was the facet from Elf, and the guy that that did Last in Line and Holy Diver mm-hmm. and all those classic albums. But wow, this is whole other side of Ronnie that kind of fits in with some of the more modern sensibilities of it. So it kind of astounds me that it's out of print. Yeah. You know, but I would hope that, you know, that people that, that listen to these shows maybe want to, you know, go and, and check it out. And and I should mention, too, that, that you know, typically on Focus on Metal, we do tend to play music throughout the shows. But there really is, you know, for these, there's really kind of going to be a lack of music on, on them. I think that a lot of it is the, the words of the artist for this stuff will will speak a lot for it mm-hmm. just on its own. It is an interesting album. It got, like I said, less than stellar reviews when it came out from a lot of people. And I think a lot of those same people, if you go back to now, they would say something totally different. Yeah. Except for the pukes at Rolling Stone, who probably still will give it one star. But Yeah, I think I think the one thing that surprised me, I do remember, um, you had the incident at the, the Costa Mesa shows when Ronnie refused to play with Sabbath. Yeah. And... I do remember how quickly this came out after. I was amazed. It was like probably seven, eight months, maybe sure. nine months yeah. that he left Sabbath, got a band together, recorded an album, boom, and it was out. Yeah, and but it, when you listen to the interviews and you and you you get a sense of how natural all this came together. Yeah, then you could see like, and I mean, really, you know, with a lot of what Tracy said, I mean, that guy was fired up. I mean, he. He, had, he, was, he was angry. And, I'm sure he was angry. And he had, you know, he had a lot of great ideas. And it just seemed like this band, the sense we got from talking to everybody is this, everything just gelled so naturally yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. And it was, and so I could see why that would come, come to, you know, come together so quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The guys just jammed. Here's the songs. Boom. Here's the album. Out, out we go on tour. I think another thing that, uh, I think this album gets lumped in with Angry Machines 
they're regarded as being more the more the same. Yeah. Um, I think they're. You know, this I, this album is far to me they're is different. far superior. They're they they are. I, I I can understand why people need to categorize it. Yeah. And they take these two albums and put them and say, yeah, those go together. And then okay, now we go back to the more traditional Dio. Okay, now we're I got a next set. I can understand that. But those two albums don't go together because there's different philosophies behind them, and they do sound different. They just they do. You know. Yeah. But when you even when you read interviews. Um, like if you, you look at Martin Popoff's book, uh, Ronnie loved Strange Highways and he hated Angry Machines. Mm-hmm. So he, he even he didn't compare them. He said, "Look, right. Angry Machines is not very good, and you know Strange Highways is really good." Yeah, because I think there was more pure. It was more. Um, it was it was driven for the right reasons. I think you know the, yeah. the, the guys wanted to get back in the studio and create this fucking great album. Yeah, whereas Angry Machines, I think. They're on a smaller label, maybe you know. I think when when you go towards the later nineties, I think the the music environment had definitely changed. And mm. I think in ninety three, I know it was, it was it was different, but I don't think it you know it was hugely different. But I think a few more years down the line, and you know Ronnie, of course, at that time with Angry Machines, they 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 were on a they weren't on a major anymore, right? Um. Whereas you know they were still on a on a pretty on Warner Brothers at that stage, so it was still a big label, and you know according to Tracy, the record company didn't even interfere in it, so it was like do whatever you want. Hmm. And I think you know with Dio on a smaller label, I think they could be relying on that album a bit more to keep the label afloat. Whereas at Warner Brothers, they had so many artists at the time, it was right. like right, you just do whatever you want, you know, you'll come out with something good. Um, you know, so uh, I'd love to know what the label thought though when they actually got the finished product and they said, "This isn't fucking holy diver, <laughs> is it? You know, yeah. it's not last in line or anything like that." But I don't, I don't compare this to any of the other albums, the earlier albums, anyway. Like right. this, this to me is a completely separate animal. Uh-huh. I, I fucking love this album. Yeah. I love it. I've loved it. All. I've always loved it. So for for me to get all the guys on it that have played on it and actually get a chance to talk to them has been to me an honor to be honest yeah it's been an incredible last couple of months trying to sync all this up it's been fantastic and i'm fucked now for what i'm gonna do for the next one (laughs) (laughs) no i think i think you did a great job getting everybody together yeah Um, i think it was a great idea i initially thought you were out of your skull with what you you know what i picked no no with with the uh kind of your overall concept but i mean you pulled it together yeah You, you absolutely did and um so it has been really it has been really cool to do to do all this talk to all these people it's it's been great and I should also mention that you know definitely as you're getting this on iTunes you know you're getting on Pure Rock um, you should definitely go to the website go to FocusOnMetal.net and just check out the episode artwork as well as we even pulled in Dario mm-hmm. to uh, come in and do some guest artwork so he uh, came up with a nice a nice strange highways concept for us we're using that throughout the series as well so I definitely appreciate dario doing that and he i mean he did that for me in like three days i mean it was just like he blasted that out and it was basically um you know i had a a sort of idea i kind of gave him this is kind of what i'm thinking and he shot it back to me almost kind of like a will reese thing he shot it back to me and i was like wow i actually like he took my idea added your own little spin it wasn't really what i was totally thinking but Mm. I actually kind of like what you came up with. Oh, so we're going to, you know, boom, we're going to run with it. Yeah, it's great. Um, 
so it was it was good it was it was great to have them pop in and, and do that and um because you know the guy's great with graphics so it's always good to have him on tap and do that so it's uh been pretty good to p- pull another one of the the host in and and help out with this one so i hope everybody enjoys you know all these episodes as as we go forward so i think we're gonna kick off episode one of all of this or as we say kick off exit one with uh with jeff pilson yeah jeff and so um yeah and definitely we had a great time talking to jeff and uh, you know he was he was super. Like, where, where are you going to get a guy to talk about an album that's twenty years old? Yeah, we'll bring you to the show and yeah. spend the time he has backstage yeah. talking to us two. Yeah. He's never met in his life. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And we it? had a blast. Oh, I mean, yeah. so much so, like like Richie said, we got a, a good chunk of time with him just because he was. He was just so into talking about the album. He was just so happy to talk about it. So yeah, it was, he was good. He was. Yeah. So. We're going to go and head on down the strange highways. And like I said, hope you guys all enjoy your your metal month treat. Of course, this will be going. If we do this one right after the other, we'll still be well into December before we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone else might come on and might see January. So, so there might be some, there, there might be a little, there might be some gaps between episodes. Only because even as we're doing this. I mean, even as we're recording this today, we're still getting hit up with, hey, can so-and-so come on your show? Hey, yeah. can so-and-so? So, it, you know, I mean, in the good part, we're honored that the show is doing well enough that we have a lot of people contacting us now and asking us, kind of like, you know, with, with Steve, with his manager coming and saying, hey, Steve wants to come on, that, you know, we're honored that we've kind of got to this point that, like we keep saying, we're just a couple of shocks from, mm-hmm. you know, like, who the hell are we? Yeah, we just love our metal. And, and um, that's it. It's been good that we've got enough of, of a thing going here that people are doing that. So so definitely, um, I hope you guys like that. And, you know, if you're looking for, you know, one of the shows in the meantime with, uh, you know, with a boatload of music included in there, then definitely any other shows on the Cast Iron Ring will also fill your metal music quarter over the metal month as well, because definitely those guys are going to have some great stuff coming up. That's it. Let's launch into Jeff. Holy dive! See 
whole strange highway. Right, right, right. And, which um, is great. I was pretty thrilled when he said he got a hold of you. Of course, I've been a big Jeff Pilsen fan for a long time. Well, thank you. Former bass player, reformed bass player. You know, definitely you were a big influence back in the day for me. Oh, and, well, uh, thank you. Both as a bass player and also, I gotta tell you, I love your production work you did with Benedictum. Oh, well, thank you. That's thank like you. my favorite Benedictum album, and it just has Jeff Pilsen all over it. Oh, so, well, thank you. Thank so, you. It's, it's really cool when you get a producer like that that may not be very well known as a producer, but when you hear it, you go, that's Jeff. Oh, well, and, thank um, you. So thank it, you. It uh, definitely was cool. So yeah, so we basically... Well, that, that's uh, another reason why you should interview Vinny, though, because the, the Kill Devil Hill record is coming out amazing. Yeah. Good. Yeah, cool. I like, really, I like the, really, really strong. Yeah, yeah. I like the first one. Yeah. So, um, like I said, Tracy said, you know, hey, say, say hi to Jeff for mm -hmm. us. Tell yes, him to get a hold of me. Mike was also said... Get a hold. Yeah, get a hold of you. Oh, so I love I saw his email. Oh, please. Yeah, I will. Do, I'll do that, it. I'll do it. That would be great. I loved Mike. Yeah, he's... Yeah. He was really fun to work with on that record, man. I tell you, he, he knew he knew how to make it sound yeah. great. Yeah. So let's go back a little yeah, bit yeah. before that. How did you get the gig with Dio originally? <sighs> Honestly, um, one you know you know Vinny and Ronnie and I were all we were, fr we were friends long before I joined Dio. You know, because okay. Dokken had opened up for him in the '80s, and, mm -hmm. and Vinny and I had been in bands together since then. And you know, we Vinny and I are very very close, and Ronnie Ronnie was a close friend. Then it became even closer, of course, later on. But but even even in 1993, we were, we were friends, and we all lived kind of close to each mm -hmm. other. And um, so um, one day I was at home. Just I had recently been working. Uh, I'd been working with with Don Dockin and Mick Brown, and we had you know Don and I had been writing for about a year at that point. The stuff that ended up later on down the road becoming the dysfunctional record. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we had been working together, and at this point, which was I think April of '93, um, there was there was no. It just didn't look like it was going to be a docking reunion, and that was kind of what I was sort of hoping it would be. Um, and uh, so, anyways, the doorbell rings, and I, I answer, and it's Ronnie and Vinny, and they're they're like, "Hey, man, we were just driving by, and we were thinking, hey, you don't know many bass players, do you? Because they were they had been working with Jimmy Bain, mm -hmm. and you know, Jimmy had substance problems mm -hmm. that." That had led to some problems at that point, and they said, "Yeah, you know, we, we can't, you know, deal with Jimmy right now." Um, but you know, you know any bass players? I said, "Yeah, me." And they said, "You want to go jam?" I said, "Yeah, but th there's only one problem. I've got these sprinklers in the backyard that are screwing up." And they go, "Ah, oh, no problem." So Ronnie and Vinny go into my backyard, and in like ten minutes, they fix my sprinklers. They go, "Okay, let's go jam." <laughs> Great. And so Sounds we, like Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And so we literally went right from there to. The, they had a, a rehearsal studio like five minutes from me, um, and so we went and, and played. And it was, you know, I mean, I knew it was going to be magic, anyways. Was, I mean, you was know, Tracy in the band at that stage? Tracy was in the band at that point. He was at the rehearsal place when we got there. Okay. And we just started jamming and started. You know, they had, they had two songs already that were, that were on Strange Highways, mm -hmm. um, and um, we just. We, we jammed those and then we just started jamming other ideas and everything just started to flow and uh, that's and you know it was it was just it was meant to be yeah the way Tracy summed it up was you guys would just jam and Ronnie would just sit there reading a newspaper yeah and then he'd come in the next day and he'd just sing. well he was doing more than reading a newspaper he was listening he was he was he was listening and he was like you know hey that part like that part you know and he'd start, start yeah. doing that um, but yeah we would just jam and that's pretty much how all the music took shape on that record which is one of the great elements for me about it yeah and Mike Fraser, what can you say about Mike working on it because Tracy said that he changed nothing 
he didn't do? change anything. He just got great sounds. Yeah. He came in and he said, I like this. This is what it should be. You know, he didn't want to fuck with the chemistry that the band had. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he just recorded it as is and made it sound great. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, what did you use as far as rig-wise? Remember what you used on that? I, well, I remember what bass I played. Oh, yeah, sure. I played, um, I, I have a 58P bass that I, I use, and I definitely use that on there. Um, probably exclusively. I would have a, I, I, don't, I know there was no five-string stuff on there. Um, I think I used that on the whole record. Um, 58P bass, SVT. That's it? So that's the classic, yeah. yeah. SVT, I just love the sound of an SVT. Yeah. And I, I didn't, at the time... Right now, I have uh, an SVT that I bought a couple years ago before I did the TNN record. That is the best-sounding SVT on the planet. So for every record I do from here on in is going to have the best-sounding SVT on the planet. But, but I did have a really good SVT back then. Yeah. So It's amazing that, you know, how many people don't know about them. And then when they play them, they're just like, holy crap. Well, they're just so tight. They went out of fashion for a while there, you know, in the 80s when everybody's getting all the fancy power amps yeah. and all that crap. Which I never liked, to be honest with you. Um, and that was why in 85, when Ampeg got bought by St. Louis Music and they started back up again, I was one of the three guys that, it was myself, Patrick O'Hearn, and um, uh, what's his name? He was in uh, 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 Autograph. Randy, Randy Rand, is that his name? Randy Rand. I think, is that, was that his I name? I remember. It was, it was just yeah. the three of us that, that launched the new brand of of SVTs in 85 or 86, and I've just been using them ever since. Yeah. I love them. Um, but yeah, I mean, they went out of fashion for that little bit of time, and you know, thank God they came back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, they are. They're just a great bass amp. I know back back in the 80s, I had a Sun Coliseum 200. Oh, well, well those, those, were, those were, actually, that was even a 70s thing. That yeah. was even a little out of fashion. It was a beast. But it was a beast. It was, was, a beast. It was really beast. loud, yeah. really boomy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> through fender cabs, and we, you know, oh, wow. I'd show up at a show, and people would be like, are you shitting me? Really? But you know what? I'd still take a Coliseum over all the fancy stuff. I mean, I did like Galleon Krugers. Galleon Krugers in the 80s were nice. Well, plus and the they were fact transistor. They were I mean, yeah, you could just—that was the thing. Yeah, you, you didn't break your balls. Yeah, yeah carrying them around. They were great. Yeah. So, can you tell us, Jeff, a little bit about the tour, Strange Highways tour? Oh, sure. It was a pretty, it was a world tour, wasn't it? It was long. Yeah. It started in the fall of '93. We went to Europe for like two and a half months. Very, okay. very intense, and it was great. I mean, that band live.
you know, that's one of the reasons I'm glad you guys are doing this because not only do I think Strange Highway is was a very underappreciated album by mm-hmm. Dio fans, and I understand that certainly the next record was a big departure. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think at the time Strange Highways was it was a departure, but I didn't think it was a huge departure. And I know Tracy's playing is a little foreign to the Dio fans. I was always a little upset that they didn't get it better than they did, just because Tracy was so great and he was so and live, he was so amazing. And and like I said, the jamming thing, which to me is a very important part of any rock band. Oh yeah. Um, he was just fabulous with yeah. it. Yeah. And and. Um, I mean, it was a really, really great musical chemistry. Tracy, Vinny, and I just jamming was, you could come up with endless stuff. Tracy uh, said that when he, when he was jamming with you guys, he said, if, you're, if you get to speak to Jeff and you get to speak to Vinny, he said, they'll just say the same thing. The, the three of us, when we jammed yeah. and stuff, was just awesome. And it was endless. It was yeah. endless and, and powerful, and it was amazing. Um, it was so much fun. It was, it, you really find yourself saying, Wow, I'm gonna get paid to do this. <laughs> you know? That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said he drove an hour every day. Yeah, he yeah he yeah. Drew, drove the farthest. But yeah. we had so much fun, so did, much fun. Did you did you record more tracks than the eleven that ended up on the album? Did you write more than that, or can you remember? Uh, we probably wrote more. I don't remember anything particular. Um, because that you know we wouldn't have been thinking about bonus tracks at that point. Yeah. It was early enough in the '90s, you know, and we were going to be on Warner Brothers. We knew that, so mm-hmm. it wasn't you know it wasn't quite like the mentality that came down just a couple years later. Yeah, where you definitely had to think about bonus tracks. So to answer your question, I don't remember if we wrote anything more. I'm sure we wrote some more stuff. It probably just didn't get finished. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, definitely like you know talking to Tracy because playing in bands that was. I talked to Tracy a lot about that. That's how I used to write too. Sit down with the drummer, and the next thing you know, it's just we're just sure. going. He just and yeah, he just got so into it. He was like so animated and excited. He's like, you got to talk to Jeff about that. He'll tell you the same thing and everything. And he was, you know, we also talked about the fact that, um, you know, just how dynamic you are and your energy level just kind of <laughs> help keep the whole thing together. And I think he calls you like extremely animated or yeah. something like that. And I'm like. Yeah, it sounds like Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, I take that as a compliment. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, and it was something to be very energetic about. Yes, yeah. it was really. Um, you could really feel the buzz, and that's why what I was getting to about live is that the band live was phenomenal. The the, the funny thing is when I and I think when I think back on it, it's it's very funny. Is but we did so much of the new record live that band, and you know that's probably the kiss of death, but. We just felt it. It's, it's, it's strange, and, and when I think back, we there were so many classic Dio tunes we didn't do. I mean, we did, you know, "Don't Talk to Strangers" and "Last in Line," of course, yeah. in the dark, and, and those, and we did a couple Sabbath things. But but live, we did we did so much of the new record, and I think back, I don't think anybody's done that, you know, in, in recent years that I can think of. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of a ballsy move, but we were just so into it, and yeah. we so loved it, and and live, I think the fans did dig it. It's, it was really odd that they... I mean, because I never remember hearing, like, why don't you guys play more old stuff? I don't remember hearing that when we played. They, they were just loving loving yeah. the band live. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those funny things. Maybe with time... And I, I have actually gotten letters from people that, over time, Strange Highways has become my album that they've really taken to. Yeah. Um, I guess it was an acquired taste. I don't really know why, but... Um, but I know we were really, really proud of it. And live, we... The band just... Kicked. I don't know if you've ever seen YouTube videos or anything of that band. But yeah, I've seen a couple. Yeah. 
It was a really strong band. Really, really strong. There's a few people I've talked to recently, and just independent of this whole special project we're doing on Strange Highways, and they mentioned just out of the blue, Tracy and Strange, Strange Highways, Highways, and it's like, it's almost like this weird thing that people are starting to finally yeah. well, yeah. pick up on it and that's get right. it. Yeah. yeah it's, well, that it's makes cool. me happy because that, like I say, I, I always really felt like that, that was a really quality album. Ronnie's writing on that record was phenomenal, mm. and I mean, just everything about it I thought was really, really great, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's happening. Yeah, I am too. And it was yeah, when it was Richie's pick to to actually do it. But it's it's odd how long it takes for people to come around and get well, something. And you, I you mean, know, I listen they, to they, it and go, it's not that different, right? And and I again, I didn't really think I, I knew it was a little different, mm-hmm. and I knew we were going for a few modern touches that that Dio fans. Yeah. I knew it would be a little foreign to them, but um, you know, over time those things have become so much less oh, yeah. less of a thing. So. Yeah. And, and so many of those elements became such a part of mainstream heavy rock yeah. that you almost had to accept it. Yeah. You know? yeah. now, there's no keyboard player on it at all, is there? Uh, I did some keys. Oh, you did? I okay. did. There's just no credits on it for who played keyboards yeah. if there is someone on it. Uh, and I don't think Scott did anything in the studio. I know I played stuff in the studio. I know I did like the intro to Strange Highways. And, okay. Uh, I forget what else we had keyboards. Oh, um... Give her the gun. Give her the gun. Definitely, little. definitely. Those were definitely. I definitely okay. those keyboards. So, okay. yeah. I mean, there was there was some keyboards on there. Um, I'm more than. I think I did all of them, really. Okay. I think. Okay. Couldn't, couldn't swear to you, but. <laughs> oh, of course, you got the utility player, right? So why not make everything? Now, did you do any any uh, guitar at all on it, or was it just all Tracy? Definitely no. Yeah. Folk, back and vocals. <sighs> I don't think so, but I couldn't swear. To you. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that you definitely said that, you know the same thing though about it. That people, just, you know, why don't they get it and all that? I just, it, it just, it's bizarre to me because you do you listen to it and you hear things like I definitely hear like some Aerosmith in there. There's, yeah. There's, there's some yeah. real traditional things and you listen and yeah. go, why don't you people? Why aren't you hearing this? And I think they just got so fixated on. Tracy and some of the noise he put in, and it wasn't. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't some shredding. Flashy. It wasn't shredding. That, yeah. I think that was a lot of it. And I mean, you know, the thing is, Tracy did his own style, and mm. he stayed true to it, which I, I admire. I, yep. And I was, I was a little shocked at how the Dio fans, because I do think that that was a lot of what, what turned some of the fans off. Yeah. And I was shocked at how reactive they were. But I will say, a lot of heavy metal fans tend to be very kind of reactionary. Very right? true. Yeah, you true. know, so so and you know they want what they want. They want what they love. So yeah. you know, you you know, I, I do understand that aspect of it. I mean, you know, Doc can even experience that. Mm-hmm. We had some backlash for some records. So I understand that. Um, but I think it was a shame just because I think of the quality level. You know, it was an inspired record. When Dokken got the flack for the record, it did that. That a lot of people didn't like. Shadow Life. Yeah, yeah. it was it. It was a very incomplete sound record, and you could feel the vibe even within the band that it was incomplete. Right. So that one sort of deserved it. I didn't think Strange Highways did. Yeah, because I mean, also, you know, when, with Shadow Life, there was already some fractions there as it was. So, I mean, fractions the day I joined the band. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it was completely different to Dysfunctional. Dysfunctional is oh, one of my completely. favorite Dokken albums. I oh, really? It's, I think it's fantastic. Oh, very mature sounding Dokken record. Yeah, well, and once again, different. And we did get some flack for that, but then, yeah, nothing like with Shadow Life. Well, I yeah. think you guys got flack for everything, like, from Back to the Attack on. It's just yeah. like, it was no win after that, yeah. pretty much. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's, which is just ridiculous. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, there is... 
people are very, especially in metal, a lot of times they're very fixated on their one little bubble and they yeah. don't want it to go anywhere else. That's right. So, That's, right. Yeah. That's right. Which which can be frustrating for the artist because you do want to evolve. Yep. Um, but it also teaches you a little bit about how to be, um, how should I say, selective about how you evolve. <laughs> yeah. Which is not a bad thing. That's actually a, that's actually a, um, that's attaining a level of maturity that that a lot of artists don't have. Aren't, they aren't forced into, mm-hmm. and it's kind of good for you in a, in a weird sort of way, believe it or not. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, you've had a chance to play with just all kinds of people too, so you've been able to hone that and really bring yeah. that. And it's really cool too because for everything you do, I like I see you kind of bring yourself to every project, and then you seem to get kind of a new little aspect to you as you move on to the next one too. Well, because I cl- I'm collaborating and yeah. when you collaborate, I mean, I, I really, I don't ever set out to bring myself to something. Yeah. But, you know, when I join the, the party, uh, they kind of know what they're in for. Right. To some extent, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. And that was, you know, when I heard that you had joined Foreigner, it was the same thing. I was like, I hope he gets to have a, have a voice and a say and kind of bring himself to it because I feel like you've got all that background you could bring to the band so it's it's been cool to kind of see you be able to do that as well and also put a little bit of metal aspect on the stage too because <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. definitely the headbanger up there which is <laughs> yeah. cool to see it's like yeah there's my boy Jeff all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean yeah I mean again I it's nothing I even necessarily try to do I just that's just kind of when you get me that's what you get yeah well that's I mean that's that is that's part of the cool thing though is it's never yeah you are you Yes, yeah. that's cool. And, and when you collaborate, I think it's really important that you be. Not, I don't say I don't want to say flexible in a in a completely compromising way, but flexible in a creative way. Yeah, I think it's very very important because um, chemistry is what makes rock bands more special than solo artists yep. or or bands where there's one guy and everybody's for hire. Right. Mm-hmm. When you have a real band. It's about the chemistry, mm-hmm. and it's what you bring to the chemistry that creates the chemistry. So um, I, I think it's very important that you apply yourself as part, you know, as one portion of it, yeah. not ever trying to dominate the whole. When you do that, I think um, you lose the quality where the whole becomes greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. And and to me, that's what makes musical man music magical and that's why I play music yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very true I mean that was yeah. for a long time I, I had my songwriting partner was my drummer I knew him since high school and he was very much Beatles and I brought things like Dokken into his life and that was kind of like one of our bonds was like he, he got the melodic part that he needed from the Beatles yeah. and then he got all of the, the playing and the minor modes and all that mm-hmm. and it was it was very much that collaboration and we worked with each other for years Great. Um, and I never really had the same kind of solid band or musical partnership after he moved out to, to Arizona just anyone else I played with after that that chemistry just wasn't there there you, there you go yeah. very important Yeah. Very even, important. even people that came in and out of our bands the people that stayed the longest were the people that brought something to the party Course, but also course. we're kind of going, oh well, gee, tell me how you do that or how you yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, um, like when Jay joined, yeah. all he knew how to do when he played, he knew downstroke. <laughs> yeah. And I started to show him how to do little chicken pickings and up downs and sweet cool. picking. But he just absorbed it all. It was like he just kind of came right into our world. But he also brought his thing too. So we took this other little heavier step that we didn't have. We were kind of more melodic metal before. Well, there, there so you go. So when you, you talk go. about that, it's like. I, I kind of had like re-experiencing it all over oh, again. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. 
And he's going, I have no idea what these guys are talking about. I don't play, I don't play an instrument. <laughs> you might be the smartest one yet. I know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, very true, very true. So how's this tour going? This tour's great. Yeah. I mean, the band is really firing on all cylinders right now, and it's great. Awesome. I mean, and we're having a great time. And, yeah. You know, I mean, traveling's tough enough. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's a great bunch of people. And, it's, and you know, we get that hour and a half every night where it's just really magical yeah. that, to me that like I say that's why I play music yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. absolutely it is that's the thing you wait for all day go out and do it right yep <laughs> but it is yeah we were talking about the crazy kind of trip pattern of uh, Maine, Maine Rhode Island Rhode back Island. up to yeah, back yeah. here <laughs> oh that's nothing I mean we think nothing of doing east coast west coast east coast you yeah. know I mean we do crazy stuff but you know it's because in this day and age it's different you right know? Yeah. yeah you have to think differently yeah. mm-hmm. it is it is cool you guys are still out there doing it and, and I think it's cool that Mix brought you know people like yourself on too to just kind of keep this train yeah, rolling. Yeah, it, so it, it definitely he, he lets it evolve, which is great. I mean he's he's a tremendous visionary in so many ways and, and but he too understands chemistry and hmm. people's involvement and he doesn't want to diminish people's involvement, right. which makes it great. Well he's kept the same guys in the band more or less for Ten years or so now. Well, uh, you, there's, Kelly, there's a, and me, Kelly, and Tom have been here yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and, yeah, and I mean, you know, it's because we love it too. But, um, but yeah, he he. There's a certain amount of trust, you know. It's almost mm-hmm. like in a relationship, yeah. you know, you develop trust, and um, he knows he he really knows how much we respect his vision and are trying to do our best, even when he's not here, mm-hmm. to implement his vision, which. Which we all love and respect. You know, we're we're fans of it, and we get it, and we want it to succeed. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. know, he, he trusts that. So is, is there going to be any new music from Foreigner anytime soon? Probably or? at some point. I mean, I I know Mick has started doing some writing. Um, so we'll, let's let's hope. Okay. Let's hope that would be great. Yeah, it will be. And what about you? Other projects? Well, I just finished the Kill Devil Hill record, which, okay. which, uh, well, it's gonna, it's just gonna be starting to be mixed. So, they were hoping it come out in the fall. I hope still it comes out in the fall. Yeah, what they say, like November originally, something like that? Uh, I, yeah, I think October, November. Yeah. And and um, that would be great because the record is phenomenal. Yeah. It's phenomenal. The songs are just so strong. The singing and the playing are great. It's I'm just really excited about it. Really proud of it. Um, it was a lot of lot of hard work, and because I do tour so much, getting it done was was tricky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about 18 and 19 hour days in the studio. Um, long ass wow. days. Yeah, those are long ass yeah. days. But you know what? It was, it's going to be worth it because it's a fucking great. Awesome. I mean, it's it's a classic. It's yeah. a classic. Hard rock record. It yeah. really is. Singer is just so phenomenal. I mean, he the spectrum of what he can do with his voice is just it's crazy and it's all real and emotional and there's so much realness to it. That's, yeah. that's the thing. They're, they're, they're very well crafted songs, but they're real and it's just it's it's got all the elements. To me, I'm I'm just I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And it must be, you know, uh, pretty satisfying to you as well that to see that we've kind of gone through all these different little musical phases over the last 10, 20 years and people are suddenly catching back on to oh, I want melody I want yeah, lyrics yeah. I want yeah, song yeah. crap yeah, yeah. you know for, for yeah. a good chunk of the audience that they all want this now I think it's and it must yeah. be good for you it, it's very, very good and you know it's, it's, it's just class. I mean classic great heavy heavy rock that's mm. what, the, what they're doing and, and, and done by guys I mean you know you don't get it to be a better 
rhythm section than Rex and Vinny. That's just that's it, it must be great for those two guys. Oh, because they're awesome. they've, they've done it years ago and now they must be like kids in a candy store. It's again. secondhand for them. They you know it's so natural, um, and you know, and, and Mark the guitar player is. I mean he's he may not be real well known, but he's no. He's no 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 beginner when it comes mm-hmm. to guitar. He's freaking great. He's a great writer, and Dewey the singer is just magic, man. What, yeah. what can I tell you? Just yeah. an amazing singer. Wait to hear him on this record. It's 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 other world. Looking forward to, looking it. Forward yeah. to that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll be covering that on the show. And then you got the thing with Michael Sweet next year. Stop. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, we're hoping. We're hoping. I mean, definitely George and I are going to start writing another TNN record probably in the fall. Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, we wouldn't be able to tour. I, I don't know when we'd be able to tour because of this, but hopefully next year sometime. I hope. Um, but definitely a record probably next year. So you know, he and I are going to start. We've been talking about it, trying to write in, in yeah. September. Then I got, believe it or not, I have a Starship record coming out in the fall. Really? <laughs> came out great. <laughs> Mickey Thomas is singing so good right really? now. Really? Wow. It's scary. Now is Craig still involved too? Or no, no, no. Actually, Craig? actually, most of the record is just Mickey and I. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I, I do eight of the songs. I wrote eight of the songs on it, and it's just really strong. And his singing is just really here. Like I said, you're into everything. You, you <laughs> all, all Kills Evil Hill and Starship. Yeah, how funny. I know. <laughs> how funny. My wife laughs at me for that exact reason. <laughs> what, what were we saying? That I was going to come up with like heavy metal lounge music or something. <laughs> Adult contemporary heavy metal, that's what it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> A new genre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that, yeah, it is. It's amazing how much stuff you do. It's just, that's just killer. So t- the uh, the next TNN, do you think that's going to be on Rat Pack as well? I hope so. Those guys, yeah, they're like probably like thirty miles from our studio. I, I love those guys. Joe over there is just been such a carrier of the torch, man. Yeah, love, love him and love that. Love everything they did, and so I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're so they're small. When when the TNN album came out, we threw a, a banner up on our homepage mm-hmm. for oh, that great. one. Just great. like yeah, just because. People need to know that they're out there, you yeah, know? It's yeah. a small label, and the yeah. same thing when George put out that limited edition acoustic one, because, well, he knows I'm like insane George Lynch fan, so. Okay. Um, that, like, boom, that one right up there as well. So it's um, it's good to, you know, that uh, to support those small labels like Oh, that, well, you know? well, we appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's the only way to get stuff sold these days. That's I mean, right. Really. That, that's so. right. That's right. Get cool. the word out. Yeah. All right, it's been awesome. It's been well, awesome well thank you, you guys. I hope you're going to hang around and watch the show. Oh, yeah. Of course. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. Let's round this out with a little bit more Jeff Pilson music. This one is off of the TNN album, Slave to the Empire. It features, of course, Jeff Pilson on vocals and bass, the mighty George Lynch on guitar, and Brian Tishy on drums. This is definitely a great release if you want to pick this one up, and it really shows and highlights everything that Jeff Pilson can do, and it also shows really a lot of his vocal prowess and some of the docking tracks that he sings on. I just think that his vocals sound just amazing on them and it's like one of my favorites on there is into the fire going back and listening to this album has really kind of got me all psyched for the next tnn release can't wait for that one anyways let's roll this one this is the title track slave to the empire
Right, so there we are. We have gone off exit one of the Strange Highways with our guest for the week, Jeff Pilson. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. I know you had a you had a blast getting all this together. Oh, <laughs> dream come true. So, <laughs> so next week we'll bring you one of those predicted detours off of the Strange Highway as we bring you a couple of legends for Metal Month. We'll be talking to Ronnie Monroe from Metal Church, among other things, about the brand new Metal Church release on Rat Pack Records called Generation Nothing. If you haven't picked that one up yet, definitely go and get that one for yourself. You can head right up to focusonmetal.net, and there's actually a link right to Rat Pack Records to get you a really nice CD and merch pack. And we'll be bringing you the legendary bassist, Rex. Brown talking all about the new Kill Devil Hill release. So just a couple of legends, like I said, just a one-two punch for the second week of Metal Month. And then it's I think that after that, we'll be hopping right back onto the Strange Highways with a talk with Tracy G. In the meantime, have yourselves a good Metal Week. You know, be sure to check us out on focusonmetal.net or focusonmetal.blogspot.com. Follow us on Twitter. Any last words, Rich? I wish the album was still in print so I could say go out and get it. I know. (laughs) All right. In the meantime, have yourselves a good metal week. And remember, focus on metal. Everything else is insignificant. You're still here? It's over. Go home.